It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Yes, I'm back on Late Lunch this Monday afternoon and delighted to be back with you. And I want to say first a big thank you to Irene Gahan for keeping the seat warm while I was away for the last couple of weeks. Thanks a million, Irene. Much appreciated. Yes, I'm back in the uh, spotlight again today. If you want to get in touch with me on the show, reminding you of the usual numbers, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text, or you can call in on 0419832000. I was away for a reason, a very special reason. My daughter, Sarah, married Kieran Flynn, becoming Mrs. Flynn last Friday. And we had the time of our lives, I have to tell you, over the weekend. I'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. But I'm thrilled to be back and really thrilled to have as my first guest back. Listen to this, the 2022 IBA World Light Welterweight Champion. I'm truly delighted to say hello again to Amy Broadhurst. Hello, Amy. Hello, Jerry. How are you? Ah, uh, do you know something? When you won, you won. I won't tell you how I felt because I, I know I was off, but I was keeping an eye on you. And I'll tell you this, I just was so thrilled. I couldn't be more thrilled for anybody in my life because, you know, you joined me here many moons ago and yeah. we all know the difficult times you went through. Congratulations to you, Amy. Thanks very much. It's 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 crazy. So it is. And even now when you said it, it just gives you goosebumps when you hear it, that it's actually, it's real like at that. I have that label behind me now and as you said I've been in chatting to you a lot of times before and you've seen the ups and downs that came with it so the fact that I've finally finally achieved one of my my lifelong dreams is in, it's incredible yeah, and that's what went through my mind when you won and then the medal presentation. I was thinking of you and the journey you've come and you've had to deal with so much adversity at times. And I, I know at times, I suppose you often felt yourself uh, uh, throwing your hat at it and taking the gloves off, but you're stuck at it. You never let it beat you. And here you are, Amy Broadhurst, world champion. Tell me this. What was it like when you arrived into uh, home and all the people waiting for you, the other evening it was I I didn't expect it at all I knew there was a homecoming um, someone had rang me the night before I got home and had said that there was a homecoming uh, so I didn't really expect too much of a crowd I just uh, the usual really and mm. they dropped me at the Crown Plaza and they said to me oh we're just waiting for the guards <laughs> and I was like what <laughs> so, 
then they escorted me down into my heaven tomorrow and like the the whole estate was out and I like it actually it brought it brought tears to my eyes because it was the f- like that little girl that I've played I've played my sports around this area when I was growing up, football, Gaelic mm. and all of them, they all knew that the boxing was always gonna be the one that took priority and they were all here and they were all congratulating me and it just goes to show that it paid off that because mm. I was decent enough at the football and uh, but I always knew boxing was the, the way forward and the fact that I returned back here after so long, after 20 years of growing up here and them knowing that I box to be coming back as a world champion is... is Ah, it's, you, like I'll never get tired of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get tired of saying it. Not at all. And you know, you do realise this. You join only a handful of people who are world and, champions. And the names that's in it. Yes. Well. Katie Taylor, who I've looked up in my whole life, and Michael Conlon, who's mm. one of the best boxers to ever come out of Ireland, and Kelly Harrington as well, who's, who's uh, unbelievable. It's an Olympic champion, a world champion, like they are top top names to be to be sitting out there with and you take great pride in it so you do mm, indeed you do and Katie Taylor's message to you was fantastic wasn't it I I, I couldn't believe it you know during the competition her coach Ross he, he was messaging me and he was wishing me well and telling me that I performed well and then when I'd won the final I just had a lovely message from her on WhatsApp uh, just saying that I'm after proving everybody what herself and Ross already knew that I'm the best in the world and like when you and then and then Ross had sent me a video of the two of them shouting yes. shouting and celebrating after I'd won and it's just like a, a pinch me moment that mm. someone who has has who I've looked up to my whole life and encouraged me through my boxing career is now sending me videos and messages. Mm. Telling me I'm the best. It's just, it's it's surreal. It's unbelievable. Oh, it's terrific. And recently, you know, you, you, you've had to deal with injury, I know, through your career. But the COVID uh, time was horrific for everybody across the board. But for you as well, did you ever think that the dream might not come true? The, like, to be honest with you, um, I would say the last... The, at the very beginning of COVID, I had actually spoke to Vernon Dunn at the time and things were getting very, very hard for me but mentally with everything that was going on and competing for the 60 kilo spot and things not going my way and I just said to Vernon that I just needed a couple of months off to recharge and take a break really and I think maybe a week and a half later COVID had kicked off and I actually said it today, I can't remember who I was speaking to today but it was nearly like a blessing in disguise that Everything happens for a reason, and and not that COVID happened for me because obviously a lot of people were uh, hurt during COVID. But those two years really, really done me the world of good in maturing as a boxer and as a person, and just it all the all round it just it helped me massively. Um, and even in those two years, there's been ups and downs. There's been times where I have said, nah, this is it, I'm not I'm not I'm not going through this no more mm. and then you you realise then no hang on a minute. If if the one thing that actually stood out to me was I kept saying if I Kelly Harrington is thirty three, 
and I'm only 25. If I continue at it in eight years' time, where will I be? Yes. Uh, because sometimes I forget how young I am. You are. I'm I'm very, very young, and Katie Taylor was an Olympic champion until she was 27. So mm, mm. I, these are things that did encourage me to carry on, and I'm not a quitter either in life, I'm, and even in, in sport, I'll never quit unless I've just I've achieved everything I want to achieve. Oh. So it was never ever going to be... I was never ever going to quit, but things did get tougher. Yes, yes. So in a, in, a, in a way, as you say, it was a curse and a blessing in equal measure. It made you, and, and it challenged you as well. But by God, here you are now, top of the world with yeah. that gold medal. So, you know, you're still wallowing, of course, in the joy of your success, and that's going to continue for a time. The training has to, uh, to you don't just stop. You, you, you're working away and working with a new goal, I'm sure. So is it fair to say the Olympics? The all one hundred percent. The Olympics is um, is definitely on the radar, and it. I'm pretty pretty confident I'll be there one way or another. I, oh. I'm I'm very confident, especially at this stage now. Um, but I have the Commonwealth Games next, and I'm I've learned to just take one step at a time. So yeah. that will be my next focus, and anything that comes after that will will wait, and then I'll 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 focus on them when I come to them and I know I'm jumping on a bit but you are young at 25 and you're right to point that out uh, the ages of the others who've gone on to achieve and look at Katie as you mentioned now you know what she has done in her lifetime to turn pro and go where she wants someday would that be on your mind to become a professional and go down that road 100% uh, I actually had an offer before Christmas and um, it would have been a pretty good offer as well, but I had said, listen, I, I want to achieve a bit more in my boxing career before I turn over just to get a better offer than when you do turn over. So it'll be a while yet before I go pro, I think, because obviously the dream since I was a little girl has been the Olympics. And sure, I'd never ever just say, OK, I'll go pro now and forget about the Olympics. It's It's going to be the Olympics for maybe... 2024 and possibly 2028 and then go pro because 2028 I'll only be 31 and I'll still I'll still be um, mm. young enough to have four or five years as a professional boxer so but it is very it's a, it's a lot of years to jump ahead because they're even saying boxing might not be in the 2028 Olympics so yes. at this stage nobody knows what's going to happen and sure if you had a help me a year ago, do you think this time next year you'll be world champion? Probably at that time I would have said no, maybe a world medalist, but not not world champion. Mm. It's just thing, things like that don't seem to happen yeah. to people like me. And it's, uh, it's, it's mental, though. This is crazy. Yeah, and, and you just have to do what you do, regardless. You mentioned there boxing and its future in the games. You mentioned Bernard Dunn and the situation there, and you're only too familiar with the boxing situation in regards to funding, etc., in this country. But all you can do, Amy, is concentrate on your own game. And that's it, that's it. It took me a long time to even realise that. Sometimes I would have been the one that was thinking six months ahead and working myself up over over things that could possibly happen in six months and sure it does you no good and no good at all and um, do you know what Bernard Dunn probably played a good role in, in me actually maturing as a boxer and as a person he was he was he done his job so so well and I actually said it when I was in Turkey that I I missed having him there he would have 
and he would have been so proud of me as well because he's seen everything that I went through. So it is. It's 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 sad to see him not there either. Mm, oh, look! It's what it what a story this is, and I'm thrilled again. I want to say that you're with me today, and I think of your dad Tony, who's been with you all the way. Your local club and the people in boxing who are great people who've always believed in you too and kept you going. I have to say this. I couldn't be happier and I've been involved in sport a long time as you know on this radio station and personally as well I couldn't be happier for anybody than you Amy Broadhurst I'm delighted Thank you very much I really really appreciate that Thank you Thank you for joining me today We wish you success for the future and I always knew that baby Canelo would get that goal someday and she's done it (laughs) Thank you Thank you. Well done, Amy. Thank you for joining me on the show. No Take problem. care of yourself. Bye-bye. 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 Oh, she is just something else. That girl is magnificent. And it do your heart good. In all the great sport that has been the weekend, etc., that's really special that Amy Broadhurst from Dundalk is world boxing champion. It's great. It uplifts my spirit and so many others as well. Lots of messages coming our way for Amy Broadhurst. She was brilliant. I used to bring you lads to Dundalk to spar with her, says Harry and Cullen. Fair play to Amy. Another list of the whole of Ireland is so proud of her. Another name to be added to the boxing greats. Congrats, Amy. And so on and so on they go. Oh, she's terrific, Louise. Simply terrific. Ah, she's a lovely girl. Isn't she? So delighted for ah, her. Ah, listen, you just have to say what a story mm. it is. Anyway, we all right. We all right here. You were all right without me. Yeah, you were well, grand. Well, you know, I kind of wasn't expecting you back today. Why? <laughs> Why? I thought you'd gone on a world cruise. A cruise? Yeah. How come? Although you haven't really got a tan from it. <laughs> uh, you never changed your auto reply in your emails. Oh, I was getting people ringing, going, "Is Jerry gone till September?" Because that's what it says. And I'm going, "Well, I, I hope he's not." <laughs> oh, you know what I'm after thinking. I Otherwise, forgot. I was going to follow you. <laughs> I forgot to change the message. You did, yeah, from I last year. I put the year. dates in on the email. Oh, that's very funny. No, it wasn't. No, I wasn't on a cruise. <laughs> I actually wasn't. But I had to say, I had a lovely fortnight. The first week, did a lot of fishing. Uh, played golf as well. Uh, and the second week, last week, was the run-in, as I mentioned to my daughter, Sarah's wedding to Kieran Flynn and Louise. I have to say, this weekend gone by, we had the time of our lives. It was. She just, looked amazing. She did, didn't she? Oh my gosh! And and she's only had a baby. Yeah, nine, eight, nine weeks ago at this stage. Yeah, yeah, she's absolutely she did. stunning. Anyway, the day just you couldn't say enough about how well it went. I want to thank the people in Clannabrainy House where we had the reception. They were simply superb. And I apologise for Jerry's behaviour. Pick <laughs> <laughs> your pardon. Pick your pardon. It's all on camera anyway. Shouldn't they be filming you from every angle at these weddings now? But it was just such a wonderful day. And I met so many people, Louise, who uh, were just lovely and wanted to talk about different things. And, and, and I want to say hello today. And I, I promised them I would to George Clark, who's listening in. George was at the wedding as well. A lovely, lovely man. And I promised him I'd mention him around about this time of the show. Hello, George. To Joanne Byrne, our stylist. Oh, our house on Friday morning. You know when it 
Yeah, you sent me a message. I was thinking, are you, are you getting a perm? Yeah, Louise sent me a good wishes on, on Friday and I said, in fact, this house is just bedlam here at the minute. 6am it started with stylists, makeup people, etc. for the four bridesmaids, Sarah, the uh, little Ava and Pippa who were beautiful. They were the pair of them, And all that had to be done. I was in the middle of this thinking, God, I'd never been under as much pressure on radio <laughs> in my life. Never mind seeing this going on. But everything went so well uh, from that point of view. But uh, I mentioned there, Joanne Byrne, the stylist and her mum Colette who listens to us every single day on late lunch had to record a voice of her <laughs> and that'd be picture taken uh, with Joanne as well for the mammy hello to you all Shirley Lenehan who did the breakfast for us out to Leakway oh that was the best thing we ever did Louise I was going to cook you know what I mean for everybody yeah. and we got it delivered in from Shirley and it was fantastic and to Margaret Geraghty I, I, I met people who love Margaret at the wedding and she listens every day as well I want to say hello to her this afternoon and there are many more besides as well but look, when you're, I just have to say, it, it, life is about your family and your friends and occasions. And it, it's about nothing else, Louise. You know, we can yeah. have everything else you want in the world. but it's about And was it emotional giving away your only daughter? I know uh, she's, you know, she's practically already given away to Kieran <laughs> anyway, but on the day. No, I was just so happy. Yeah. Oh. I was happy. I was really, really happy. I really was. I'm sure I gave her away to him about about seven or eight years ago anyway. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it it was. And and the enemies played the the gig and my good friend Paddy Goodwin got up and performed as a genius guitarist and that just added everything to the occasion. Then we were back on Saturday locally from day two and day three finished up about tea time yesterday. I think you should have taken off this Uh, Bye. See you in a week's time. I'm away again. No, I'm not. I'm only joking. It's great to get back in into the, into the swing of things here but you know one of those times in lifetime to really remember and savour and love and reflect on and you know it's over in the blink of an eye as well you know mm-hmm. what I mean and you, the big build up Louise is huge and then it's like Christmas goes. Day yeah it, come, it, it, it comes and goes but thanks to everybody who made it special for uh, Sarah and Kieran and for Ava and of course the latest little arrival uh, Olivia and uh, they had I know the time of their lives as well with that in mind you know the first dance at the wedding Louise mm-hmm. your, what was your, your song for your first David dance? Gray David Gray David and Gray. What, what which song oh the one where he's out in the boat can't quite sail remember. away that's it yeah. lovely song mm. lovely song ours was Stevie Wonder I just called to say I love you all those years ago and Miriam and myself were married in the same church St Mary's in Drogheda that uh, Kieran and Sarah were married in all these years later a lovely little touch there as well anyway for the newly wedded Mr and Mrs Kieran and Sarah Flynn and their family here is again just for them today on Late Lunch from me the song they danced to for the first time. Mm, yeah, looks like we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. We might have took a long way. We knew we'd get there someday. Still together, still going strong. Still, you're still the one I run to, the one that I belong 
You know, I was at home for a good bit over the last couple of weeks as well. And it's only when you get a bit of time to look around in certain rooms in the house, you understand all of the stuff you have that never, ever sees the light of day. And you wonder why at times, why did I ever buy that? Why am I holding on to this? And, you know, I'm not in bad shape. There are some people, though, and really it's that bad that they're overwhelmed. They're actually suffocating with the amount of stuff that they have in their homes. So if you, as she says herself, my next guests are sick and tired of living in a chaotic, cluttered and messy home, listen up for the next while because joining me now is an expert in decluttering and organising your home and your life. Her business is called Simplify and Sort. I'm delighted to say hello to Nikki Bowman. Hello, Nikki. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. You're the woman that lots and lots of people need for sure. Tell me this. Where does this begin? Are we predisposed to this as human beings? Or is it something that, you know, is pushed at us through consumerism, advertising, conditioning, what? That we buy all this stuff and then we wonder why we did. What? What's the reason behind it? I, I think it's sort of multifaceted. So what happens is I think a lot of times we are raised with a lot of beliefs from our family um, and our friends and kind of if you've grown up with parents who have said things like, you know, save it for a rainy day or waste not, want not, or you never know when this stuff will come in handy, um, you know, who tried to keep stuff, you'll have been raised with those beliefs that you need to hang on to everything. It's really important. Um, and then, like you say, we are living in extremely consumeristic times where we are bombarded with marketing and advertising and targeted marketing, um, you know, to get us to buy the things that are going to make us feel better about ourselves or find the love of our lives or uh, be more confident, etc. And so we rush out to buy these things. There's increased consumerism, increased, um, you know, spending. We can shop online in the middle of the night. And so stuff really does just build up, especially if you've been raised with those beliefs that you should keep everything um, and not let go of anything. That is so interesting and it's a really good explanation for uh, the whole, uh, you know, the the way we are today as human beings. So look at, you are somebody who's dealing with this now all of the time and coming across people who really need help with this. Is it, it you know, a real impediment for a growing number of people in their lives? It is. You know, I think when you talk about clutter, people instantly think of an episode of Hoarders and only think that you've got clutter if your house is stacked high full of boxes and you can't get in the front door. Mm. But most people have got too much stuff in their house. Yeah. Now, there's obviously degrees of of this clutter. Um, you know, some might just have it well hidden and well organized away from, um, you know, out of sight, whereas others might have it piled up in boxes right by the front door. But the truth is, is that clutter affects everybody. So um, there have been numerous studies that have shown that clutter increases our cortisol levels which is the stress hormone. So when you are constantly living with clutter, you feel more anxious, you feel overwhelmed, um, especially living in a house if children have learning difficulties or concentration, uh, you know, struggle to concentrate, etc. Having too much stuff really does affect a lot of people more than they think. So there you are. It impacts on our well-being as well. And I can understand that. I really can understand that. I'm one of these people who maybe uh, allows clutter to happen and then I go at it like 
like mad. You know what I mean, Nikki? And I, yeah. I feel, you know, the feeling, I've said this before, the feeling when you declutter, it's so freeing, isn't it? It is. You feel so much lighter. Um, and the more you let go of, the more you actually want to let go of. So I know initially people can be a little bit resistant to letting go of stuff because you've got those beliefs and that mindset of, mm. you know, I'll, I'll keep it just in case. I never know when I'll need it. But the reality is most of the time when you need those things, you can't actually find them. You don't know where they are or you've forgotten you even had them in the first place and you go out and buy something to replace it in any case because you don't know you've got it. So, you know, you really don't miss those things. And decluttering is a muscle that you have to practice using. The more you do it, the easier it gets. Now, you know the uh, the uh, way people move things, and you mentioned it a moment ago, you know, but moving things, people, like, they have a lot of stuff, up it goes, and uh, mea culpa, I have to say here, put it in the attic, put it somewhere that it's not seen, out into a shed, things like that. You're only moving the problem. It's only a halfway house, is it? It is. So a lot of times, I mean, I love organising as much as the next person, um, but organizing and moving clutter around isn't the solution. The solution is to get it out of your house. So often people will say to me, oh, you know, I spent the weekend decluttering. And and then when I ask them, okay, where is that stuff? Oh, no, it's in my car or it's in the shed or (laughs) by the front door. That's not decluttering. That's just moving the clutter around the house. And it doesn't solve a problem because having something stored away in a box up in the attic doesn't make it any more useful to your life. Um, It just creates more work for you because one day either you are going to have to sort it out or, you know, if you leave it there long enough, one of your family members are going to have to sort it out long after you're gone. So, you know, it doesn't help to move it around. You've actually got to make sure it leaves your house. That association, that sentimentality that people have to things, that unwillingness to let go, is there a solution to that? Absolutely. So one of my favorite um, little tips and tricks that I I give to my clients is I tell them to go out and get a memory journal. And what I really want to say to people is things don't hold memories. You know, you can let go of things and you can still hold on to all the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions that you remember about that time, place or person. So go grab yourself a journal and, uh, you know, it can be blank pages or lined pages, a, a lovely pen. And as you declutter and work through your house, if there's anything you don't use, but you're keeping it for sentimental reasons, write down the memory or cut off a little square of the material or take a picture of it and put it in your journal and write down all your thoughts and feelings and the memories, etc. about it. Stick the pictures in. And when you finish decluttering, you'll have so much more space in your house, but you'll also have this beautiful book full of memories that you can go back and you can actually enjoy it. Because a lot of times people keep things for sentimental reasons, but they don't actually have them stored anywhere or on display where they can enjoy them. They've got them hidden, crammed in boxes in the attic or under the bed. Um, And that's not bringing you any joy. So it's time to to let it go and create something that will bring you joy. Now, I know you have a system and I'd like you to talk about this for a moment. You know, keeping a, a, a tidy home is a huge challenge to people. You mentioned if there are children in the house, People are working, etc., etc. You know what I'm talking about, cleaning, organising. But you have three areas. Could you just take us through those briefly there that you believe will certainly help you? 
Sure. So a lot of times I find that people focus on one area. So they might just be focused on decluttering or just organizing or just cleaning. And then they find that they never make any progress. And what I've found is you have to have a balanced approach where you focus on all three key areas. So the first one is simplifying. Um, I love the term simplifying because I think we should make everything in life simpler. We've overcomplicated our lives. And so the first thing is to simplify and declutter. So get rid of everything you do not love, use, and need. Only when you are left with the stuff that you actually do love, use, and need, do you then move on to the next step, which is organizing. And that's where you create systems and homes to keep everything nice and orderly and everybody in your house knows where things belong and where to find them. And then the last sort of step or activity in the process is maintenance. And that's where you're talking about this kind of day-to-day stuff like tidying and cleaning. And one of the best things you can do is start getting a tidying routine in place and a, a kind of clean-as-you-go habit. And that means not just one person takes responsibility for it, but everybody who lives in the house tidies up as they go, um, packs things away when they finished using them, you know, and just gets into the tidying habit. And when you do those three key activities, decluttering, organizing, and then day-to-day kind of maintenance, you'll find you can keep your house in order and it doesn't become this big overwhelming kind of project because you've let everything slide too far and there's just too much to do. So I'm a big fan of doing a little bit of work often um, to stay on top of things. And then beyond that, if you've achieved or got to where you need to be or want to be and you see the major benefits of it, how do you then stop yourself? You know, you're online this evening. Oh, that looks lovely. I buy it and I get that adrenaline hit when the box arrives. I put it away and never see it again till I donate it to charity or do something else with it. How do you overcome that? Well, I think you really have to start working on your mindset. So, you know, personally, I've simplified my own life over the last six years. And it wasn't just about simplifying and getting rid of all the organized clutter I had. It was about also looking at how I did things. So really looking at your mindset and thinking, you know what, I actually want to focus on things and experiences and making memories rather than buying stuff. So you stop, you know, subscribing to so many emails about shopping things and you decide to go out and do things instead. Um, Also give yourself a bit of a cooling off period. So, you know, I tend to now, and I, I say to clients as well, if you really want something, write it down, have a list on the fridge of things you want to buy, write it down and leave it there for a week or whatever time frame you want to give yourself and give yourself a cooling off period. If you still really want it at the end of that period and you know you're going to use it and you can think where you're going to store it and how often you're going to use it, then by all means go ahead and and buy it. But just allow yourself a little bit of a cool off period, you know. Get rid of all the shopping apps on your phone. Make it a little bit harder to go out and, and consume so much stuff. Great advice. Now, the big bogey for a lot of people, of course, is the wardrobe and all of the clothes therein that we continue to buy and shoes and other stuff as well. Let me ask you, you're a super organised person. Do you carry a, a, a large wardrobe? Do you hold a large wardrobe yourself? No, so I've actually got a really small wardrobe and um, I keep all of my summer, winter, all the the seasons are in one wardrobe. So a lot of times people will not even have enough space. They'll have loads of wardrobes and they won't have enough space and they'll pack the summer stuff away when it's winter, etc. I'm a firm believer that, and I mean research has shown that we really only wear about 20% of our wardrobes 80% of the time. So when you've got a wardrobe full of stuff, 
you can't find anything. And most of the time, you're just wearing the same few things that are on top of the pile in any case. So I always say it's so much easier when you really get rid of all the stuff you don't use and you're keeping for just in case and just have all your clothes that you actually do wear in your wardrobe, getting ready is so much easier. Ah, uh, I have to adopt your mantra because I generally take a time in the year when I go through my clothes and donate uh, to various charities. And then, of course, my wife is giving out to me because the next week I'm buying again <laughs> and restocking. <laughs> You need the one-in-one rule out, Jerry. So when something new comes in, something old has to go out. And that way you kind of keep the keep the equilibrium. Yes, that's a great piece of advice. I'm going to take that with me, I promise you. You're fantastic. I love your accent. You're obviously from the, the Southern Hemisphere. Yes, I am, Jerry, from South Africa. Oh, it's a beautiful accent. It really, yes. really is. <laughs> uh, and uh, you're with us in Ireland here now for the last number of years. You're fantastic. We've been having a look at you for the last while and we're dying to chat to you. And I want to tell our listeners, check this lady out because she can help you. And and a lot of people need actual help to sort this out. Simplify and Sort. Isn't it a great name for the website? Simplify and Sort. Nikki Bowman will be back to you down the road, I promise you. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's the wonderful Nikki Bowman there. Oh, listen, I'll tell you a story about buying and, and being caught after this short break. Louise, I take it that Nikki Bowman uh, would have a job in her hands with you, would she? What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> well, you, you, know, you know the way you are, yeah. and, and you're great for it. You have things from years ago you know yeah. you can produce things like I remember here not alone just clothes but you have things from your childhood I remember you produced comics here you have toys you know you've lots of things yeah. going back in no, your I life have. and I'm great at decluttering all the kids stuff and my husband's stuff when he's at work but, but yours stays, <laughs> does it? stays you hypocrite you hypocrite <laughs> I love the idea of the memory journal but it wouldn't work with me I don't think so no but no. that that thing that, that which you just mentioned at the end there, I'm going to really try and take that on board. One in, one out. You understand? Is he going to buy another bread maker? Decluttered and sorted that yet, ladies and gentlemen. How many w- years have you that now? Will I ever live this down? Will I ever live this down about this bread maker? Have you looked know. in the box? It mightn't even be a bread maker in the box. No, no, it is a bread maker, yeah. and it is it is still there. I made two breads. Oh, okay, so but you sure, I, it. I have it about eight years. <laughs> you probably can't even get the parts for that anymore. I'm I don't know how many people have said this to me. <laughs> Have you still that bread machine? <gasps> but I'll tell you a good one. I, uh, and this is no lie. Y- you know, I'm angler. I'm a mad angler and I love fishing. Um, and there's a magazine comes out each month called Trout and Salmon. It, mm. I, I've, I, <laughs> I, I started buying them way back in 1980, right? And I should have kept them all. But I actually, I'm good. I go through them. I take the a- articles that I want and then recycle the rest of the magazine. And some of the stuff is dated at this stage. But anyway... Last year, I went, I buy my magazine now in Tesco, uh, the, the Trout and Salmon that comes in monthly. So I bought the magazine, right, let's say for April last year, right? Mm. And about a week later, I was in Tesco <laughs> and I bought Trout and Salmon again and I got home. Did you not like, did not, God, the front of that looks very No, no, familiar. no, when you hear this, this ain't over. It was the same <laughs> magazine. So I had two of them. You're not going to believe this. And I swear, this is no word of a lie. About a week later I was up again and I was going down and as I do involuntarily I saw it and I put it in the trolley <laughs> when I got home 
I had three copies in the same magazine. <laughs> and I said to myself, what kind of a gobshite are you at all? Anyway, I, I doled Did them out to other... No, mm. I, I made use of them. I gave them to... Must have been Ang- on something on Ang- page three. Ang- Ang- oh, yeah, a big salmon, <laughs> a big silver salmon, 19 and a half pound. <laughs> but anyway, that's as true as God, I did that. Wasn't it just like unbelievable that you do something like that? But uh, That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. It's that stupid. It, it, it really is. But honestly, that happened to me. But I wonder did any <laughs> other people do that? Right by the same thing. No, couldn't, couldn't, they're not, they're not like happen. me. As I told you before, they moved the noodles in Tesco and I nearly went mad. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> <laughs> because I have a brain map of the store where I know where everything <laughs> Where everything is, but there you go. Sad life, isn't it, Louise? I won't tell you many packets of now noodles I, I have. Now at I know home. how to annoy you. Just go into Tesco and move something, and then ask Shifted. you to get it for oh, me. Stop, stop the be rocks. I won't tell you many packets of noodles I have either. But anyway, that's for another show and another another days. They say what a weekend of sport, Louise. I know you, you you're coming on with the sport here time and time. You do know Manchester City won the league. We're going to be talking about I that guess. in a little while. We're a big Man City fan, but besides that, Leeds stayed up. Leeds United big club stayed up on the last day Burnley relegated they sacked the manager Sean Dyche Roy Keane says serves them right for sacking Dyche anyway they went down um, Spurs got the Champions League place I know your son follows Arsenal like mm-hmm. myself for our sins and we missed out and it's all our own fault and I do want to mention Sunderland who came up from the third tier into the second tier I and a big win for them I hope all those men now at the wedding weren't going to different locations to look at tellies <coughs> the second day were they what <laughs> why and Justin Thomas of course won the big golf event in the USA last night came from nowhere but I was that tired I couldn't stay up to watch it anyway we had uh, in our little Wednesday club a bet on and I want to say well done to Jerry Healy he had Will Zalatoris who was beaten in the playoff and we nearly uh, we nearly scooped a, a big, big win, but we got we got a payback on him. But Jerry was on the ball with Zalatoris, and we just missed out on the big win. There you go, great weekend of sporting action. Now, um, with us, with the wedding on, Louise, 
we had to leave Messi mm-hmm. and Sarah had to leave her beloved Rocky in care for a few days over the wedding time. And where else but the wonderful Bellius Town Kennels and Cattery and Dennis McKeown and his team out there looked after them brilliantly. But you know something, today is a big day for Dennis McKeown, Louise. And you know, in a, in a funny type of way, didn't you mention David Gray earlier I did, on? yeah. Yeah, well, there's a real irony in this. You see, Dennis is celebrating a big birthday today and we want to say a very happy birthday to him from us here in the late lunch in LMFM and all his friends today. Have a great one, Dennis. And he just happened to mention to me he loves David Gray, among lots of other music as well. But with David Gray sitting before me, Dennis, this is for you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Dennis. David Gray performing in Ireland of course recently and from the album White Ladder 1998 classic song there on your late lunch this Monday afternoon Hi Magella yes we're back is right she's calling me a gobshite well I call I said it myself anyway do you know what I mean about the three magazines all the same you're right Magella you're right and I won't love you less for using that word uh, delighted Leeds fan in Kells said there were great celebrations last night with Leeds United staying up they're a Premier League club. Yes, they are and they should be in the Premier League, but they nearly nearly went through the trap door. Ah, oh, what a day of uh, drama yesterday. Amazing, isn't it? Sport, you can't beat it. What would the world be without it? Well, I'd miss it, but there are lots of people who wouldn't either. I understand that too. No need to remind you the awareness of motor neurone disease that's happened in recent years. Firstly, with the wonderful Roy Taylor and Roy continuing to work to raise awareness and fund scientific research into a cure. But of late, of course, Charlie Bird and the amazing amount of money he's gone on to raise. My next guest had a remarkable mother, Anne Kane. Uh, She went through a lot in her latter years. She overcame bowel cancer and the family and herself were thrilled. But little did they know that MND would be next and she lost that battle sadly last November at the age of 64 and her lovely son Killian is on the line with me today. Hello Killian. Hi Jerry, how are you? I'm good, thanks so much for joining me on the show. She was a hell of a battler, a hell of a woman, wasn't she? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's 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 just insane like uh, even when you're when you're saying it out there like we were so happy in that December when she beat the cancer and then Who'd have known that just a couple of months later we'd, we'd, you know, have this diagnosis with a completely, completely different disease altogether and one that just is so underrepresented. 
And Killian, when you talk about her initial illness and she went through everything with that and came out the other side, which is a very important to say, did you notice anything, you know, while she was dealing with the cancer that could suggest that MND might be on the horizon? Not at all. Now, like when she was first, um, you know, going through the cancer and everything, we were were just so focused on that, getting Mm. her surgery and everything and you know, fingers crossed and all that. And she went home and over that Christmas, some of the family members noticed her kind of slurring her speech. Mm. But at the same time, mum had, uh, at all that time, had a sinus infection. So she assumed that it was just because of that, you know, and your voice kind of changes when you're sick and that. Yes. And uh, I suppose because I was living at home with her at the time, I was seeing her all the time. So I it just went over my head completely. Like, I, I just didn't notice it. And then it came to a stage when people were pointing out and I started to see it myself and I think mom became more conscious. But then, sure, we had COVID and lockdowns and everything then as well. And there was just so much going on that it it was just such a hard time to get to the doctor and to get things, you know, get tests sorted and get a, a clear diagnosis on it. Because, mm. sure, we were thinking it was a stroke at first. Cause that's kind of where your mind goes when you see... You know, stuff like that. You know, we would have all seen the, the ads and that, you know, that would say yes. slurred speech and and that. So we were kind of worried that something might happen maybe during her surgery or something like that. And, you know, nothing was mentioned um, about that kind of, like, I'm sure somewhere in a waiver it might have been written down, but sure, we wouldn't have at all been aware of motor neurons or aware of that kind of the, the risk that, that that could be activated, you know, and... Mm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was very difficult. Very difficult, and COVID as well thrown into the mix, and all that went al- along with it. When did you finally get a, a diagnosis? When 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 was was it was the certainty that she had MND? So that's that's one now that I I'm I've always get confused whenever people ask me because uh, it was such a, a drawn out process. I think it was about uh, May or June before we actually yeah. got our official diagnosis because mm. there was there were so many tests and so much back and forth and. It's such a difficult one to actually pinpoint because, as well, there are so many types of of uh, neurological disorders in that uh, yes in that area as well. Do you know, like so, mm. the, you know, the the team up in between Beaumont and the Matter, um, were trying so hard just to, to to figure out exactly what it was that that she had. Mm. And, yeah, and, and they the, they gave you a, a prognosis that you know it could be two years, ten years, or whatever. But from diagnosis, how long was it till she passed? So from the diagnosis, probably would have been about um, uh, over a year. I'd say about just a year, year and mm. a half, maybe. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, because since since so she got diagnosed uh, for her cancer in October of 2019 mm. and then it was yeah, obviously like in November um, of last year she passed away so yeah, yeah. She, mm. she had two years at that so yeah mm. about a year and a half it would have been um, maybe maybe less mm. but yeah and 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 you looked after her as our primary care and I know you're you've siblings uh, around the area there as well uh, where you live that that all chipped in but um you you wanted to say a few things like uh, the the Modern Neuron Association you just couldn't speak highly enough about them yeah yeah they were they were very helpful and especially as well with the positive care team there in Kells as well they were just absolutely phenomenal and both both teams just really helped Mam in, in the last, you know, in the last, uh, you know, the last kind of hurdles of, of, of her life and that. 
and um, yeah, can't can't recommend them enough. They just absolutely in, in every in every way, um, and to keep her laughing and everything as well, you know, through it all. And you know, not everything was was put in a doom and gloom way, or you know, a real yeah. uh, sort of official doctor way. You know, they they came in, they'd have the chats, and and then they get to it. So. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, such high praise yeah. for, for all the teams for, involved. Do, for those two teams in particular, was she given that she, she knew herself? Did she know herself? You know where this was and where it was going. It's 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 hard to know because, um, like, when I think around the Christmas time, I think she thought that she did just have a cold, but then at the same time. I think as the months went on and we were in COVID and, you know, it was such a danger to get up to the doctors, you know, we, nobody really wanted to risk it, you know, um, for mm. fear what you might catch going in or, you know. So I think that in some ways that there there might have been a bit of uh, a fear of getting bad news. Yes. Um, so she might she might have postponed things a little bit, uh, mm. you know, with... with um, Dealing with the the third speech and that, um, yeah, she but, dealt with uh, it in her own way, did she? Rather than just a, a, addressing it outwardly or or to you, even at times in confidence when you were with her. Yeah, yeah, and there were certain things as well that you know she might not um, want to broach with me, and she might mention to um, her sister Margaret, who was yes. an amazing help. Um, she she uh, became mum's uh, carer. Um, she she'd come in. She she works with HSE, and she she'd come in and. Um, yeah, do all of Mam's nursing and everything, and um, mm. yeah. So there were there were things that she disclosed with with her that she she wouldn't uh, yes. she didn't want to to tell me. Do you know that you're, kind of way? Um, yeah, you're her children, and and her sister is different. I I know you know those those relationships, the way they stack up and work. I know exactly uh, what you're saying. She was a fantastic woman, though, wasn't she? Reared eight of you. Yeah, eight eight kids. It's it's insane. Like to think of all all she went through in life. Like it's. Mm. She makes she makes having kids look so easy. It's it's, it's yes. mental. Yes, and one today is a handful. I don't have to remind you. You know what I mean. Never yeah. mind. Multiplied by eight. But a fine crew you turned out for sure. Look, the uh, you talking to me today, and you know there's a big push in awareness for MND. But until it darkens your door, you know yourself. You really don't realise what it's about and what's involved in it. You're uh, working uh, uh, along with the likes of the Charlie Birds, the Roy Taylors of this world. You're you want to raise some funds for them. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that any anyone he counts, and you know, with the services the man got, I think that there's there's definitely there's definitely room there for 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 more aid and that. And I think that you know, any donations are yeah definitely welcome. And um, yeah, it, hopefully someday we'll have you know something there because there was all they could really offer us was to make things kind of easier and to give her, there was one drug that she could take to help slow down um, the MND called Rhydisol. And that was, that's all that they have for it. So hopefully, you know, through, through research and through, you know, having uh, funds to care um, for, for these people, like I think that that'll, that'll really make the difference. Ah, yes, of course. Research, working towards the, 
the cure and that's what we'll be looking for ultimately that people who get this will be able to be treated and uh, won't have to go the journey that your mum has and so many others have and will and again you're just promoting the uh, website imnda.ie you can donate there or at climbwithcharlie.ie you're a great fella and uh, we remember your mammy and Kane on late lunch this afternoon thank you so much for joining me Gillian Thanks very much for having me. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. It's Killian Kane there remembering his wonderful mum and again bringing more awareness towards uh, MND and the monies that are needed to get behind because it just shows you like you saw with the vaccines last year when it was needed and the money went in behind it and again it's like this. It's not easy but we have the science to eventually crack this and all it needs is the euros, the dollars or whatever currency in the world to support it and an effort going on all over the world to find a cure for motor neurone disease. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Monday afternoon. Still to come, Ollie Butler, Navin Park Villa. He's known the length and breadth of the land. He's joining us shortly because he's a very happy camper. And still to come after three on the show, the end of the iPod. Declan Bailey has a say and I have a wonderful soundtrack just for you all this week. Stay with us on Late Lunch. Blue Moon, you left me standing alone. Go on, Ollie. Ollie, I'm sure you can sing it. You're singing it all last night and for the last number of years. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, uh, it was a fairly close shave. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me tell the listeners what we're talking about. Ollie Butler's on, synonymous with Parkville and soccer in the Royal County for years. But he's a lifelong Manchester City fan. By God, Aguero, you remember that day when he scored late on, but yesterday bet all, didn't it, Ollie? Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't looking too good, Jerry, with about uh, 15 minutes to go. It was, um, you know, uh, I taught myself that he picked the wrong team and then um, after Aston Villa took the lead, um, you were, you were just hoping to get to half-time and see what changes he'd make and then, of course, Aston Villa went 2-0 up and could have went Three, you know, mm. I had a great chance to go three 0 up, and that that would have been curtains. But um, the um, it was lucky that the you know the the, the changes he made all all worked out, and that they um they got the goal back when they did, and and then they kicked on from there, you know. Mm. Did you fear the worst? Well, you, you, you certainly would have, Jerry, at, at, at two 0 because uh, they didn't seem to be playing well at all, you know, yeah. and, and um. You know the 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 omens uh, from early morning weren't great because um, I uh, I normally go over with um, three or four lads from from Dublin and uh, unfortunately I couldn't make it yesterday and um, the lads were going on the on the half ten flight yesterday morning and uh, I got a message from the lads after twelve o'clock saying they were still in the airport that the flight was delayed. So I was, I was saying to myself, you know, is it going to be one of these days? Yes, but it wasn't, Ali, in the end. We all knew Liverpool would score and they did win. So City simply had to win. And now they've won four out of five championships to equal Premier League championships, to equal uh, Ferguson's record with Manchester United. How long are you following City? Tell me, do you, when did you begin following them or why? It was 12, uh, um, it was 12 Jerry, uh, 1976. Colin Bell, Colin Bell, yeah, Franny yeah, Lee, yeah, yeah, that team, yeah. was it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, it was a, a family relation, uh, a late uncle of mine that, that uh, kind of 
got me rolling with Teddy and ever since that then I started going over and then in the end main road and then on to um, on to the area then you know but um, yeah a lot, of, a lot of bad old days, main road too, Jerry. You know, mm, and and you must we, you must remember, like the city fell down to what the third division at one stage. They were, right. yeah. yeah, yeah, and and stuck there. Did you ever believe you'd see these days when they become the number one club in England? No, certainly you wasn't, Jerry. Back in the in the in the late nineties, you know, even when Paul Dickov got the, the goal, you know, and brought it to penalties against Gillingham and all that. Were, we're a long way off, you know. Um, remember the same year the United on the treble, and mm. they were a long, long way off the United and Liverpool in, in you know, that era, you know. Yes. And um, of course, then got lucky, Jerry, with the with the investment and the whole um, the whole area over there. The the, the, um, the, the money that the, the Sheikh Mansour put into the whole development around there and the whole area over there. The way it's changed and, mm. and uh, all the the different little uh, academy pitches and everything over there. Now it's, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's incredible. Ali, it shows you it is about money. If you get money in behind your club and investment and the right investment and the right people running it, you certainly can go places. Malcolm Allison was Allison was was he manager? Was it the seventies? Was manager there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him, uh, uh, famous Malcolm Allison. He was some character, all right. Last question before you go. I want you to uh, enjoy your success. Champions League next year at long last. Yeah, saying that in a couple of years, always something goes. Uh, yeah, something goes. The gods, the gods come again. The matter, VAR or whatever. But uh, I look at maybe. In the next two or three years, Jerry, they might, they might get there. Ah, I think yeah. it's only a matter of time, Ollie. And Alf Haaland on the way as well. My God Almighty, and that boy can score goals. But, uh, yeah, champions, four out of five, a remarkable, remarkable achievement for them. And uh, yeah. great for the likes of yourself, who's followed them so long, all the years through, thick and thin. And, and these times are, are just extra special. Ollie, enjoy. Good to talk to you. All right, Jerry, mind yourself. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Ali Butler talking to me from Navin today. Lifelong Manchester City fan. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. The demise of the iPod coming up after three. And my musical. It's a cracker this week. But heading in towards news, weather and sport at three o'clock. Yes, they're dancing on the ceiling in Manchester. And it's not the red half. Oh, what a terrible season clubs in red and white have had. Manchester United, Arsenal, don't make me laugh about them. They're miles behind. Anyway, it's blue all the way in Manchester this year again. And they're dancing to Mr. Lionel Richie. Here we go. Say hello to Helen and Trim this afternoon. Thanks for your lovely words, Helen. Really appreciated. Eddie McCormick's been on. Hello, Eddie. What a fantastic day yesterday, Jerry, with Leeds staying up in the Premier League. Watched it live with my son Kevin, who also supports them. It was a nail-biting 95 minutes, I'm sure it was. Don't want to go through that again. Well, you gotta splash the cash. 
uh, I think Leeds definitely need to add and they may lose as well but oh nail biting indeed late lunch LMFM radio it's time for my soundtrack and it's from a movie this week and the soundtrack itself was released on the 8th of December 2017 quite recently it became a global success with the album topping charts all over the world including the UK and the USA in fact in the UK it became the best selling album of 2018 it spent 11 weeks at number one successively and when you look at the year it was number one in the charts listen to this for 20 weeks of that year just shows you how good it is and the same in the States number one and the best selling album of the year what am I talking about well when you talk about nominations for Academy Awards Golden Globes and Grammys as well you'll understand that I'm talking today about the soundtrack from the greatest showman and what a soundtrack it is so let's begin the week and remind ourselves of its brilliance the movie was terrific but the soundtrack brought down the house as they say so let's begin today with our first track from the soundtrack and it's simply beautiful it's called Never Enough and here is Lauren Alred All the shine of a thousand spotlights All the stars we steal from the night sky Ah, simply brilliant, isn't it? It really, really is never enough from my featured soundtrack this week from the movie The Greatest Showman. And I'll have more about the movie, the soundtrack and uh, those wonderful songs throughout the rest of this week. Round about this time each afternoon on your late launch. Don't forget now to download that LMFM app. If you're going anywhere, travelling on holidays this year, you can bring us with you, listen to us when you're away from home. And of course, we're online as well on lmfm.ie. Up next on the show, are you the proud owner of an iPod? Well, it's no more, as you know. It's finished. They've ended production. It's all over. But in its day, it was sensational. We're going to talk about it and more next with our IT specialist, Declan Bailey. Thank you so much, June. Got your message. Loving the show. And thanks for your kind words uh, about my chat a little earlier on with Killian Kane. Really do appreciate it, June. Jerry, did you get to see Andrew Rue at the Three Arena last weekend? Uh, John wants to know. I had tickets. I interviewed him uh, a little while back, of course, about the concerts when they were uh, deferred. I didn't go. I couldn't go with all that was going on, but they went to a good home and they were enjoyed. I have to say, John, I heard it was a brilliant show indeed. Next time, please, God. Now, when we have technology matters, there's only one place we go to on late lunch. It's to Business Tech Help and it's MD, Declan Bailey. Hello, Declan. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Well, we have you on today about the iPod and I know news came last week about its demise and they weren't going to produce it anymore. Declan, be honest with me. Were you straight in when they came out in 2001? Did you own one? Actually, I wasn't. Neither it was, was I. 2003, 2004, before right. I actually got into that. Right. 
2000 an early adopter. Right, and and I wasn't, I have to say, either. Uh, but look, 2001 October, when Steve mm. Jobs said, you're going to mm. have a thousand songs in your pocket, Declan. In your pocket. The world and went if mad. If you look back at that uh, announcement, there was literally a gasp in the audience. Mm. Because that just, you know, a thousand songs in your pocket at the mm. size of it. Mm. The whole thing was the size of it, which was, you know, fantastic for the music industry, really. But then everything changed in 2003 with the iTunes store. Yes. When that was released and you could actually buy music directly Mm. from that store, pop it onto the iPad. So you went ripping CDs. So in a way, like, you know, when when you think about this, it was an incredible leap forward. And you mentioned you weren't Mm. an early adapter, but you were in a couple of years later. And I was just looking. 2001, October, it came out. By 2007, you had 40,000 songs, Declan, in your pocket. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's when you when you think of the incredible impact it would have made. Well, it changed the music industry. A hundred percent changed it. And plus, as well, it saved Apple. Apple at the time of that launch were on very shaky ground, and that device really pulled them out of the mire. There would it. I'm going to put this here, right? This question, and and uh, in your professional opinion. It, it did so much, but did it kill sound quality? This was a question about it. Yeah, well, I suppose, you know, the, the purists with, uh, when you see vinyl coming back now, mm. would always say, oh, this isn't as good as that. And then when CD came out, this was better. And, mm. you know, you're always going to find somebody. But at the end of the day, when you think of it, let's say in 2005, if you went on holidays, and you could bring five to 10,000 songs with you in a small little device that you could enter the beach, you weren't certainly sitting at the beach saying, sound quality's not great. <laughs> You know, it was just it was just phenomenal to think what it would actually do. Yes. And yes. the big selling thing was, at the time, I always remember, the advertising. Their big thing was, remember the white, which they still have, the white earpods, so they'd be hanging down. Yeah. And that was the whole advertising campaign. They had these coloured silhouettes with the white string, because all the other MP3 and MP4 players at the time had black mostly, and Apple was white. So, yeah, it was such an iconic device. And, like I say, it changed the music industry right over on its head and opened up so much more because, again, that introduced the iPhone. Yeah. 2007, when they put, as Jobs said, we have an iPad, we have a internet communicator and that changed everything again, the iPhone. Is it incredible that it actually has continued in production for 21 years given all the other developments? Mm, exactly, exactly. But I think it's like anything. You know, there was always going to be a market for something because if you take it that if you wanted to, if you had a niece or a nephew now, uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven, you would not be giving them a phone. Now you can give them a phone with no SIM card in it, and it would be an iPad, an iPod. But if you want just a small device that you want them to have that has access to the internet and the music, well, that's the iPod Touch. That's what you got. Mm. So that's, you know, effectively when they sell out now, which everybody's talking about, if you buy one now, let's say you went in and bought the three that are still available in their different sizes and left them boxed in 10 years' time, you know, they're going to be classics. Now you're talking investment. There's no return on your money in the bank. Get out and buy the last of those (laughs) iPods. Declan Bailey's becoming a financial guru with us this afternoon. But Declan, our Louise, who is a hoarder we were talking about earlier on, says she has two of them of two different sizes. And I nearly fell down on the floor. She said to me off mic a minute ago, should I throw them out? That woman never threw out an hour in her life. Should she hold on to them, Declan? Of course she should. Like, again, you must remember, up to, I think it was 2020, 2021, 
there was 450 million sold worldwide. So they were in presses and drawers everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. And why wouldn't you hold on to it? Why, like, why would you dispose of it? Because again, if you take it that, for argument's sake, you know, you're going away for a few days and you just do not want the phone. Now, I know you can put it in airplane mode, but if you just wanted something to take with you around, yeah. there's the iPod. Why wouldn't you keep it? Hold on, Louise, hold on. Do not do anything with them. Just before we finish and we'll uh, say goodbye and thank the iPod for all it did and it's not gone by any means yet, as you've heard from Declan there. Uh, There is a future for it uh, in one way or another. WhatsApp, Declan, uh, huge Mm. uh, with people and now there's a little bit of panic. Will you just explain what's happening? Yeah, so in September, the iPhone 5, 5S and 6 won't support WhatsApp anymore. Because iOS 10, you have to above 10. So you won't get WhatsApp anymore from, I think, the 22nd of October. It'll just be switched off on your phone. So anybody who's, and plus as well, I was just looking at stats there, the five and the six in the region of eight to 10,000 live devices in Ireland is five and six. So there's a lot of people with five and sixes. And WhatsApp won't work in October. So the message is you're going to have to upgrade, folks. You can't stay. You yeah. can't stay as you are because it'll be mm. gone. Simple as that. Mm. Yeah, it'll be gone. Yeah. And like, you know yourself, there's that many different applications out there. But people are embedded in WhatsApp now because of groups, family mm. groups, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, yeah, you're going to have to update your phone. So in terms of updating, then, the next logical question, uh, if you're on number five at the moment yeah. with iPhone, what's Declan Bailey's recommendation just to go up a little or should you go the whole hog to the latest? Yeah. That's the thing, you see. The 6S will still be supported. Apple will still support the 6S, but maybe for another year. So you're always going to be trying to play catch-up if you don't go up to at least maybe the 8. But I'd say, you know, 10, 11. Mm. Just depends on obviously what people can afford to spend on the phone. But, you, you, you know, there's no point in going up to uh, a 7. Okay. Because you're going to be chasing your tail in maybe a year's time. It'll be unsupported again. Because one way or another, they're going to get you to update. Mm. So you might as well bite the bullet at the time and try and go as high as you can. What, what about the whole general area of iPhones and, and new developments and the cost of them in the context of what's happening in the world, Declan, mm. with everything increasing in price? I, 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 are we seeing that already? And can we expect to pay more for these uh, latest technology phones in the future? Well, yeah, well, you, know, you can imagine uh, just from the chipset point of view, and I know Apple talking about the iPhone 14 that will come out in September, they are, well, they were going to change this whole front screen. You know, the little um, section they have at the top mm. cut out. Mm. Well, they were going to go either a teardrop or just nothing there at all. But that would mean new technology, which they cannot get at the moment. Samsung don't have those screens. So there's always a knock-on effect somewhere. From a price point of view, well, it has to, because of transport costs. Yeah. You know, they have to go up, because like, at the end of the day, Apple, at time of launch... I think ship something like five, six thousand containers just to Ireland. So that's forty-four containers that have gone from two, three thousand to ten, twelve, fifteen thousand per mm. container. So you divide that down into each individual item in the container, and yeah, it has to have an effect. 
So uh, uh, we're going to pay more uh, across the technology spectrum as well. But there you are. If you have the five in the iPhone and that, you've got to move up. And as Declan says, just going up one or two to seven or that doesn't make sense. It'll be disengaged sometime soon. Anyway, Declan, thank you so much uh, for joining us again. It's farewell to the iPod. There you go. 21 years on when it just got the key in the door. Declan. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to you soon. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's the brilliant Declan Bailey there and he's there to help you. Business Tech Help is the company name Business Tech Help and uh, always on hand to give us a few words when things are happening, as I mentioned, with technology. Well, there you are, back for the first day after the holidays and getting into the swing of it again. Uh, Thank you for your company on Late Lunch this afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio for wonderful music and more besides tomorrow on Late Lunch. Eilish Balf is joining me. Uh, You know, COVID has affected a lot of us and a lot of things in life. But it's had a big effect on children and their education as well. Eilish is going to talk to me about that tomorrow on the show. Paul Clark, how to improve your performance across the spectrum in life. He's with us as well on the show. I have more from uh, The Greatest Showman and uh, a lot more besides, which we'll tell you about tomorrow in the promo and ahead of the show as well. Have a lovely Monday evening and do come back and join us for the Tuesday edition of Late Lunch here on LMFM Radio from 2.30. We'll see you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.